Welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson of 444.com. JP, how you doing today? Uh, not bad. How you doing, Anthony? Good. Uh, excited to hear about the music. I listened to the first portion of it, and uh, as you know, I like to be punched in the face with my music, and I feel like at least the, the first couple of verses there sound pretty good from that standpoint. Yeah, this is a band I think you'd like quite a bit. The Glorious Sons, uh, featuring them again on the pod. We've had them on a couple times, their music. Um, we're, I'm going to see them with the family in February, so I thought I'd honor that whole thing and have a, have a song on the pod. It's uh, called SOS. It's probably their biggest hit. They're from Canada. They're from Kingston, Canada, Ontario, Canada. Um, and I learned all about geography when I do these music, because I always like to look up where they're from and I'm like, oh, that's where Kingston, Ontario, Canada is. There you go. Um, right across the border from New York. Um, but uh, it's uh, off their 2017 album, Young Beauties and Fools. Uh, their biggest hits, SOS, Sawed Off, Shotguns, 8th Track. Uh, check it out. All right. We're going to dive into, obviously, the latest news and injuries. we got to recap the Packers-Eagles Thursday night game. If it's you know not too painful for, to, for John to relive that as a Packers fan. And then we'll discuss a few of John's sneaky starts for week four. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Iconic, a not-for-profit organization that will help you find the perfect pair of eyewear or contacts. Fantasy Draft as well, also a sponsor. The only rake-free daily fantasy site brings that heat once again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter Main Event, it's the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you're going to find for week four. And remember, only on Fantasy Draft, there are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. So sign up at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 4 for 4 and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership. So thank you to our sponsors for today's podcast. Let's dive into it. A little bit of a surprise here, John. Melvin Gordon reported for work this week. What does this mean for Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson moving forward? Jackson has a calf injury and was seen in a walking boot on Friday. And Melvin Gordon, of course, uh, I don't think he's eligible to play on Sunday. But as we move forward and Melvin Gordon becomes the RB1 again in uh, L.A., what does it mean for Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson? Yeah, this is uh, along with the Ezekiel Elliott situation. These were the two guys we were talking a lot about on the pod prior to the season starting. And we had a pretty good handle on what was going to happen with Elliott. He ended up reporting for week one. Um, Gordon, I thought, would hold out as long as he or hold out and do as little as possible in order to keep his contract from tolling, which would have kept him out. Depending on who you believe in terms of the reporting, it would have kept him out eight weeks. It could have kept him out. Just He just had to report 30 days before the end of the season. Um, but none of that matters now. He has come back to work early. He's essentially going to miss four games, although he's going to play, it looks like now, with Justin Jackson being injured, and he's out this week, Jackson is. Um, Gordon may have a small role uh, behind Austin Eckler. And so Austin Eckler owners who picked him up in the sixth round uh, got good value for him or they got good reproduction out of him for the first month of the season. Um, I think they were hoping that Gordon would hold out longer. Uh, but, you know, Eckler's, his, his touches are going to turn into a pumpkin a little bit uh, next week. Uh, but this week I think he's a smash smash play against the the Dolphins, um, and then after Gordon gets up to speed, uh, he probably resumes his role as the uh, number two back. 11 games last year, 
with Gordon in the lineup, Eckler had uh, 8.5 touches for 68 yards and 0.45 touchdowns. Uh, he was really efficient with his touchdown scoring. The expected touchdowns were 0.09 per game, according to our uh, data scientist Kevin Zatlukel's expected touchdowns stats. So he basically was touching, uh, scoring touchdowns at five times the rate that he should have based on where he was receiving the ball or wow. being handed the ball uh, on the field in any given game. So um, I don't know if we would expect quite that touchdown scoring out of him, but he should see the same role at least. And I, you know, I would word of caution with Gordon owners is that he's been off of uh, football for quite a while now. And now he's coming in and uh, don't be surprised if there's a hamstring pull or don't be surprised if he's dealing with soft tissue uh, injuries over the next month. Uh, because he has been, I don't know, we don't know what sort of shape he's in. Reportedly he's in great shape, but is it football shape? Um, and we'll, so we shall see. But I think for the time being, uh, next month or so, you can expect Eckler to be uh, a low-end uh, fantasy RB2 um, PPR formats. I think he's uh, going to be a decent start in most weeks. All right, Damian Williams remains out. Last week, LaShawn McCoy turned 11 touches into 80 yards and two touchdowns, while Darrell Williams saw 14 touches and racked up 109 total yards in that victory over the Ravens. How do you see the backfield split in week four regarding the Chiefs? Yeah, this was an interesting case on Sunday. They uh, One of the KC beat writers tweeted out that uh, Darrell Williams was seeing uh, the first reps in uh, the warmups, and then uh, it was Darwin Thompson, and then Deshaun McCoy was last to go. Uh, so he indicated that that likely means that McCoy was just an emergency option only. Uh, so a lot of people benched him. Um, I tweeted out that I wouldn't want to start him uh, based on that report, and he ended up scoring two touchdowns. So a lot of egg in my face on that. I apologize on Twitter, <laughs> but we're give, I'm working with the information that I was given. Um, and getting into the split you know when you look at the the touches after the game looks like Williams saw more touches which he did but McCoy tweaked his ankle retweaked his ankle uh, in the late in the third quarter he sat the entire fourth quarter uh, and Williams saw six of his 14 touches in the fourth quarter so before McCoy went out it was an 11 to 8 uh, he led in touches 11 to 8 so I would as- as- expect the same type of split um against the Lions as long as McCoy can play, but he's already retweaked the ankle once. We'll see how he's able to hold up against uh, the Lions this week, but I currently have the touch count around 16 to 10 in favor of McCoy. I think both players are playable uh, given the quality of that offense and how potent it is and the matchup against the, the Lions. Terry McLaurin has started his career with 16 catches for 257 yards and three touchdowns through the first three weeks, but he has a hamstring injury, apparently sustained in practice earlier this week, and he mispracticed on Friday. How worried are you about this? Yeah, I don't like these midweek, mid-week downgrades that we see pop up on the injury report that means something bad happened, and, and especially when they happen on a Thursday, then they only have one day really to uh, practice on Friday, and we don't really know until... Uh, inactives whether or not the, t- the player is going to play um, hopefully this is he'll be one of the the guys mentioned by Adam Schefter Ian Rappaport Saturday night when they do their little tweet storms and have the information on who's expected to play who's not expected to play but uh, I guess the good news here is that McLaurin play uh, plays early the Washington Redskins play early on Sunday so owners can uh, get a plan B uh, in place and don't, don't have to wait until a late game or uh, Sunday night game or Monday night game uh, hoping that he hoping that he plays. So uh, we should know Sunday uh, for sure when inactives come out, whether or not he's going to play. 
Mark Andrews and Chris Godwin return to practice on Friday. Andrews said that he's feeling good and excited to play the Browns. Meanwhile, Bruce Arians was, quote, encouraged by what he saw today from Godwin. Per beat writer Greg Allman, uh, he'll be a game-time decision, though. So Godwin looking like a game-time decision, again, according to uh, one of the Bucks beat writers. The Bucks play late on Sunday. They, they're in L.A. to take on the Rams. How should owners handle the situation with Chris Godwin? Well, it's good that he was encouraged by what he saw today, Bruce Arians. That's a direct quote from, from Allman there on what Arians was saying. So uh, that's a good sign. Again, this is hopefully we'll find out and have more clarity on Saturday night uh, when Schefter at Rappaport tweet out. Uh, owners might want to have a plan B ready to go. So you look at the, the teams that are um, – that are playing at that time in the afternoon or in the evening, somebody playing at the same time or later, so that if you uh, if you end up losing Godwin for the game, you have somebody you can plug in. Um, so you're talking Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Vikings, Bears, Jaguars, Broncos, Cowboys, Saints, Bengals, or Steelers. They all play at the same time or after the Bucks. So get one of those uh, decent options: uh, wide receiver four, wide receiver five is available on your waiver wire. Put it on your put them on your bench so that you can pivot if you need to away from Godwin. Uh, I don't know that there's really a great way to capitalize within the Bucks themselves. Uh, Justin Watson was kind of an interesting um, sleeper in the offseason, but he has, has not played at all uh, for the Bucks. Bobo Wilson um, has actually been playing ahead of him. Uh, you also have Brashad Perriman there, who is t- would be technically the number two receiver after Mike Evans, but it's uh, it's not pretty. There's no clear pivot for uh, within the Bucks roster for, for for Godwin owners if Godwin is out. This is a tough spot for T.Y. Hilton owner. So he's dealing with a quad injury. He remained out on Friday, so he has not practiced all week. Now, Hilton's not one of those players that needs to practice in order to play, but who's going to pick up the slack if he winds up sitting? Yeah, a word of caution on this too. They might, The Colts might feel like they're talented enough to beat the Raiders without needing Hilton. Uh, so they may rest him um just to just to get him fully healthy for the following week uh i don't again this is another murky situation Deion kane has really seen a, a spike in his snaps he's playing a lot now I, you could run him out there but he's just has three catches for 45 yards this season through th- you know three games um his his route spiked once Devin funches was hurt uh zach pascal caught a touchdown last week uh 50 something yards and a touchdown i really think that it's going to the targets are probably going to go towards the, the tight end position with uh, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, so I have them ranked higher than usual if, if uh, Hilton were in the lineup. Um, I think Ebron is, and, and Doyle are both streamable with with, uh, um, with Hilton likely out, and the team probably is just going to go pretty run-heavy with Marlon Mack, so I think he's a, he's a real strong play. Let's talk about the Thursday night game, but first I want to announce that if you want to sign up to 4 for 4 and use the code TMAP, you now get 25% off your order for only a limited time. John, I know that uh, you have a link for listeners that if they follow you on Twitter, they can get that link right there. Yeah, you can get it in my Twitter bio. Um, I get a bonus, though, if, if I'm the one who sends you to the site and to subscribe, so you can either use the link uh, bit.ly backslash TMAP. John, that's all in caps. The, the TMAP John is all caps. The bit LY is in lowercase. Or you can go to my Twitter page and click on the link in my profile. Uh, then hit the subscribe button uh, on the top right of the site, and I'll get credit for it. So it's a really good uh, discount right now. 
And once again, that code for that 25% off is TMAP. So think the most accurate podcast, TMAP. Thursday Night Football, the Eagles beat the Packers last night. Sorry about that, John. Uh, mm-hmm. the Pack- Packers shot themselves in the foot several times. I don't need to tell you that. Um, but Jordan Howard, he, you know, him and Miles Sanders, this was kind of an, an interesting duo coming into the year where the Eagles acquired Jordan Howard for a late round pick in the offseason then drafted Miles Sanders who's explosive you saw that last night so that's an interesting dynamic plus Nelson Aguilar with Alshon Jeffrey back in the fold he went he went MIA at two touchdowns a week ago a bunch of drops but anybody that relied on Nelson Aguilar two two weekends in a row got uh, got burned yeah uh the backfield is interesting as you mentioned um Sanders was outtouched uh, by Howard uh, 11 to or 18 to 11. Uh, Sanders didn't have any receptions. This is coming into the game that this was really more Sanders' backfield. He had um, 40 touches to Jordan Howard's 28 coming into the game, so it was a little bit of a surprise uh, that they went away from him so much. He was pretty productive, 72 yards rushing, 6.5 yards per carry for for Sanders, but Jordan Howard looked good too. 5.8 yards per carry, uh, 87 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and he, um, un, unlike him, he caught three passes for 28 yards and a touchdown as well. I thought that was a pick play, uh, offensive pass interference, and then Jordan Howard uh, reception touchdown. But such is life. Um, with Jeffrey back, Aguilar's just basically disappeared. Uh, it was the Ertz Aguilar show, and then the running backs were getting a little bit of work, and then Goddard got a. Uh, a touchdown on three targets as well. So um, I, I had a feeling that Wentz was going to struggle, um, and he did. It was 16 for 27, uh, 5.9 yards per attempt. Uh, the Packer defense, secondary especially, is really good. Uh, they didn't get much pressure on him this, in this game, which was kind of surprising. Uh, but he ended up with the three touchdowns, so uh, he ended up with a pretty good fantasy day. Let's talk about the Packers now. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers went out there and, and did Aaron Rodgers type things. His receivers and tight ends didn't help him out much, especially late in the game. But let's talk about some of the injuries. So Jamal Jamal Williams uh, posted a uh, on social media that he's Gucci. I, I guess this is, is that, that means good? good. Okay, that means he's all good. Yeah, uh, and that, that also means I'm old now because um, I didn't I didn't know what that meant. So social media, he posts on social media, he's Gucci, and that the only thing hurting right now is uh, his pride for not being able to finish the game. He was st- <laughs> he was um, stretchered off the field last night in a very scary moment. Thankfully, uh, he looks you know appears appears it, to be okay. It was a dirty hit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and really, it was really two scary moments last night. One a dirty hit, and then one just you know. Uh, crossfire there at the end involving one of the the Eagles corners Maddox who apparently has got feeling in all his extremities so that's that's certainly good to hear Uh, the other injury Devontae Adams said he's battling turf toe and if you saw it at the end of the game there it was at least the final drive when he wasn't available might have even been the final two drives Uh, any concerns here with the two Packers injuries yeah they they were inside the five and he went out and was unable to come back in they they came up empty on that one drive and then they got it back and tried again and got down there and couldn't score. Uh, obviously hurt to not have Devontae Adams on the the field. Um, you know maybe they should have kept uh, Jordy Nelson or signed Jordy Nelson at <laughs> uh, the start of the season. I don't know. Um, he's still available, um, but uh, he would have been a nice little option there in the red zone uh, as well. But I. Uh, 
I guess this is could be a multi-week injury. Dr. David Chow, um, Pro Football Doc on Twitter, says he thinks it's going to be a multi-week injury. I saw some research done on turf toe. Um, about a third of the people that suffer from it uh, don't miss any games, and another third uh, miss somewhere between one to eight games, and then another third miss more than eight games. So That's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's not too helpful. We'll have to see what he's able to He's got 10 days now to get healthy, but... Um, I would call already call him questionable for week five. Um, if he's out, you know, you're going to see as the three receivers, I think, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Geronimo Allison, and probably Jake Kumaro. But Kumaro didn't play at all last night because he had the uh, he was out with a shoulder injury, so we have to see how he's able to get healthy. But I think he's ahead of Darius Shepard, who played 15 snaps. Uh, Al Lazard played 14 snaps uh, last night. Neither one of them did anything. Um, so it's a little bit... And, uh, uh, Equinemius St. Brown is on IRR. People forgot about that, so he's not available either. Um, so I think it'll be Kumaro would be the one stepping into big snaps if Devante Adams is out. So he might be worth pickup in deep leagues, but we don't know how bad that shoulder injury is right now. And just as a, a note on Matt Lafleur, and I'm you know I'm happy the Packers are three and one. It's you know a good start for them. This was a very winnable game against a secondary that was not good at all. Um, and I was, if anybody was following me on Twitter last night, I was super frustrated with all the runs on first down, uh, makes no sense. The, the, the Eagles come into the game, allowing 57 yards rushing and, uh, 6,000 yards, uh, passing, uh, in each game on, on average. So why are we running the ball pretty much every first down? It became really uh, obvious what was he was trying to do and I uh, just feel like he didn't get away from it uh, quickly enough. Maybe, maybe throw on first down, run on second down. I don't know. Maybe use some deception. Um, so I've seen some really good play design uh, and I'm really happy with the D- defense in general, although they didn't get much pressure on Wentz last night. Um, the first three, four games went pretty well from a defensive standpoint, but um, really annoyed with this whole establish the run thing. I, I understand what he's trying to do, but it just was not happening last night and they needed to get away from it more quickly than, than they did. Well, to piggyback off your point, a lot of the, uh, the, the people that dive into kind of the, the football analytics, including Warren Sharp, he, he bangs that drum all the time about how if you're, you're constantly running on first down, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage when it comes to sustaining drives, staying out of third and long and, and, and scoring. Um, a lot of head coaches, and maybe Matt LaFleur subscribes to this theory of, okay, well, you run on first down and you're able to, you know, pick up maybe three, four yards, you're, you're putting your, you're, you're keeping yourself on schedule. But a lot, again, a lot of the analytics show that if you throw early in downs and run later in downs, you have uh, a higher success rate. So the, I know you're, you're deep into the analytics. I know you're deep into to kind of the mathematics behind sports, John. And so, Math, math doesn't support Matt Lafleur either, so I'm sure that that burns you up even more. Uh, yeah, and you look at what I mean. Rogers at one point was averaging 10 yards per attempt, and Aaron Jones finished the game. I don't know what he was averaging and rushing at that time, but it couldn't have been very high because he finished with 1.6 yards per carry. So, you know, maybe you throw the ball on first down and you don't you don't complete the pass. Okay, you still have second down and you complete the pass. You're you know you're in third and short. It's the same. It's the same principle that you're trying right. to get to with these runs, and if the runs aren't working, then why do we keep doing it? I like, I like, you know, the Packers have always been good running out of shotgun with inside handoffs and deception, letting the pass rushers get up field a little bit and creating those holes that way. Their their offensive line has not been a mauling offensive line that just opens up 
giant holes like the Eagles offensive line was opening up last night on the Packers. So I, I don't understand it. Um, so hopefully he's reflective and learned something from his uh, loss last night. Today's episode was sponsored in part by Iconic, where you can shop name brand glasses, contacts, and sunglasses for the best possible price. Iconic seamlessly connects your eyewear, your vision insurance coverage, and your doctor's expertise with their network of over 38,000 eye doctors. Use their virtual try-on tool to see yourself in your favorite pair of glasses. John, I know you recently bought a pair of glasses from Iconic, right? Yeah, I actually got a pair of prescription Nike sunglasses. I was able to search by the size of the frames and I have a big head so that certainly helped (laughs) and and the site actually scanned my face for their virtual try-on feature which was pretty cool Uh, uploading my prescription was easy and my sunglasses came within a few days so all in all it was a good experience well if you want to be like John enjoy the view and visit iconic.com backslash t-m-a-p that's e-y-e-c-o-n-i-c.com backslash t-m-a-p to shop 60 high-quality name brands including Nike, Ray-Ban, Oakley, and AccuView. Get free shipping and returns, price matching, and a complimentary frame adjustment, plus save up to $220 when you apply for your insurance. Don't have insurance? Use the code TMAP to get 10% off your entire order. Iconic is looking out for your eyes. One other note on Iconic in that link TMAP, that needs to be in all caps. So when you do TMAP, if you go lowercase, that code won't work. So make sure that you go all caps TMAP. This podcast is also brought to you by Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business. Brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for the NFL in Week 4. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools with 100% of the uh, the payouts and everything going right to the, the contest winners and not right back to the website. So not just for a limited time, this is not just a promotional contest, this is how it is. As other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, Prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players just like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are now over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven day trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com, promo code 444. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. John, time for some sneaky starts for week four. Let's start off with the quarterbacks as we normally do. Kyle Allen had 261 yards and four touchdowns against the Cardinals last week. You like him again this week uh, as the Carolina Panthers take on the Houston Texans in Houston. Yeah, in the Dome, uh, the, the Texans are 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, they gave up 318 yards and two touchdowns to Phillip Rivers last week. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 213 yards and a touchdown. He ended up with uh, 16 fantasy points, I think, in that game. Uh, Drew Brees had 370 yards, two touchdowns back in week one. Uh, so this is definitely a uh, pass defense to target as a quarterback and uh, when you're streaming quarterbacks. And I think Kyle Allen showed... Uh, that he had pretty good. Uh, I had him ranked 21st last week. I don't think it was higher than most of my peers 
on that, and he, you know, well surpassed that ranking even, and uh, looked really good against Arizona. And obviously, Arizona's defense is pretty suspect uh, as well, but he showed that he could take advantage, and I think he'll do the same thing again this week. All right, let's move on to some running backs. So with Saquon Barkley out, what should owners expect from Wayne Gallman in Week Four? Yeah, he's out 48 weeks. Uh, they've there's been some rumors that they might sign JJ uh, or bring in another. I mean, CJ Anderson's out there on the street now too, which is kind of funny given the injury here in, in New York. But uh, Gallman right now is the going to be the guy. He's uh, six career games where he's seen at least 10 carries. Uh, he's averaged 15.5 touches for 70 yards, so it's pretty good production, and 0.17 total touchdowns. Uh, that's pretty low touchdown total for that sort of workload. So um, I would ex- you know expect him to, to score a bit more and find the end zone a bit more than that. Uh, but he's this is probably going to be more of a passing offense now with the rookie uh, Jones in there at, at quarterback, and um, which brings me to, uh, reminds me I wanted to ask you the question: Do you like the nickname Danny Danny Dimes? Or? I do. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well, right? That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, throwing <laughs> you, you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, what he did last week in Tampa, I think uh, I think that's fantastic. Now, probably not as good as the the stash in Gardner Minshew or you know uh, Uncle Rico. I guess is the, the latest one, but yeah, Danny Dimes can certainly work for uh, for Daniel Jones. What do you think? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, it's everybody seems split on it. It's funny about some people say it's the greatest nickname ever, others are like <laughs> it's terrible. So no, I think it's pretty good. Well, uh, but the one worry about Gallman a little bit was that he ran 27 routes per PFF last week and did not get targeted once. So it's something to keep your eye on. He was a pretty good pass catcher as a rookie. He's got that in his toolbox. Um, but uh, Jones did not target him uh, last week, and uh, you know, in a comeback game against the the Buccaneers. So it's something to keep, something to monitor here in Week Four. Let's do another running back. Chris Thompson has cleared ten PPR fantasy points in each of his first three games. Uh, you think he's a good good play in Week Four as well? Yeah, he's right now. He's like running back twenty two, I think, in PPR, uh, doing what I thought he was going to do last year uh, when he started the season with a couple of twenty plus point games. And then uh, got injured with a rib injury. So he's picking up where he left off. He's fully healthy now. And this is a pretty good matchup against the Giants. The Giants defense is not very good. Uh, I would say that Thompson's value is enhanced a bit more if McLaren has to sit because those targets have to go somewhere. And they're just running out of offensive weapons right now in, in, in Washington. And then Philip Dorsett, as we move on to the wide receivers, um, why, do you, why do you like him? Might not be the best matchup, but it looks like some uh, there's something that you like about uh, Philip Dorsett in Week Four. Yeah, you know he prior to the Antonio Brown uh, coming over for the, his one game career with the with the Patriots, uh, Dorsett had four catches for 95 yards and uh, and two touchdowns on just four targets in Week One, and then after Brown uh, was cut in Week Three, Dorsett had six for 53 and a touchdown and seven targets. Um, he played at least 87% of snaps in both of those games. And, you know, right now he's the third option behind Josh Gordon and uh, Julian Edelman. Um, but with, you know, no tight end to speak of there, uh, being the third option in the Patriots passing game is not bad, uh, not a bad deal. And I think even against the Bills, he's a pretty decent play there as like a wide receiver four flex type. All right, so Devin Smith was coming off a uh, three-catch, three-target, 74-yard, one-touchdown performance at Washington, but last week, fairly disappointing. Two catches, five targets. One of the missed targets was in the end zone, 39 yards, no no score. But 
Uh, you think that this could be a nice bounce back opportunity for Devin Smith as the Cowboys traveled to New Orleans this weekend? Yeah, the Saints uh, pass defense, uh, 30th in adjusted uh, fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So it's a really great matchup. Uh, I think his speed is a good match for the, the dome turf there. Just kind of like, kind of like uh, Ted Ginn uh, always plays better in the dome. Um, so I, I was just looking mainly at his fundamentals. 92% of the snaps. we got five targets. If he sees that again, uh, he's likely to have a better game than the two for 39 that he posted last week. And then who do you like at tight end this week? James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, <laughs> just love saying that name. I called him in the, in the article, I'll call him everyone's favorite Irish tight, tight end. Um, although Nick O'Leary's family might have an issue with that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, O'Shaughnessy is way under the radar. He's available like in all my leagues, except for the ones where I picked him up in, you know, deep leagues where you maybe you're getting T tight end premium or it's a super deep league and you're just having some problems at the tight end position. But he had four catches in each of the first two weeks, uh, 32 yards in week one, 28 yards week two. And then last week he caught a touchdown. He had two for 18, a touchdown. And he's playing 65% of snaps. It has a pretty good rapport with Minshew. So, yeah, he's not going to light the world on fire, um, but he's out there on the field running routes, catching passes, and producing something for you uh, every week. Uh, you know, if you're in tight end premium, you're looking at almost 10 points uh, from him, and that's not bad for uh, a guy you can just pick off off the waiver wire and plug in, plug in your lineup. And then we did this last week. I'd like to do this again. Any streaming defenses that you could give, give listeners right now? Yeah, I want to plug uh, Kevin Zetlukul's, uh streaming defenses article. Uh, he's got a model uh, that he's using, and I'm looking at it and referring to it as I do my uh, defensive rankings on Tuesdays. Um, but uh, he likes obviously likes the Chargers against the um, the Dolphins. Um, that's a that's kind of a no brainer play. Um, but the Broncos is an interesting one because they don't have a sack or a turnover yet, but they do have some talent on that defense, and they're at home against Jacksonville. Um, he, he likes them as well. Uh, the Steelers at home against Cincy, and then uh, the Colts defense uh, at home against uh, Oakland. I also think the Falcons, your, your Falcons, I should say, at home <laughs> against Tennessee is a pretty good play. Uh, Mariota um, has, has a tendency to throw some interceptions in his career. He's also getting up a bunch of sacks right now, that offensive line. So what do you think about the Falcons at home? Yeah, so last time the Falcons played at home, they they beat up Carson Wentz on that Sunday night. Uh, the pass rush came alive, and I think they had like three interceptions. So they, they typically play better at home as a team. Um, I actually picked against them this week in terms of uh, the spread. The Titans are getting four, and the Falcons just – I mean, every every game it seems to come down to a field goal e- either way. Uh, so I did take uh, the Titans with the points. But there's no question Marcus Mariota has struggled, continues to struggle, and we may see Ryan Tannehill uh, sooner rather than later. And there's really no downfield game to the Titans' offense right now. It's just Mariota and kind of checkdowns, or he's, he's, he's been taking a ton of sacks. And that offensive line remains uh, banged up. And I think Taylor Lewan has at least one more game to go on his suspension. He's their left tackle. So not a great situation for the Tennessee offense. Derrick Henry may, you know, I don't think he's going to run wild, but he may he may have a decent game when it's all said and done. But I, uh, I, I typically would side with the Falcons at home as opposed to on the road. So I think you're onto something there. That's good. Sounds good. All right. That will do it for us. Good luck to you this week. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stolzer. Don't forget, you can go to at John underscore four for four. Check out the link at the top of the page there. Get yourself a, uh, if you follow that, that link, get yourself some money off, percentage off, four for four subscription. Make sure you do that. 
as 4 for 4 is going to continue to deliver all that uh, outstanding content, whether it's the rank, the rankings from John, uh, content from uh, all the scouts and, and the columnists. So hope you enjoy everything that 4 for 4 brings to the table if you decide to sign up if you haven't already. John and I will be back next week with you, so we'll see you next time. The Most Accurate Podcast.